I want you to go to the 23rd Psalm. 23rd Psalm. Hallelujah. On this Youth Sunday, I want to get straight to it and keep it simple. Amen. Amen. We thank God for your pastor, the Reverend Dr. Shelton Murphy. Amen. 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 Uh, I call him a mentor and a friend and a brother. And he has a specific method of mentoring that I like. It is very uh, Pauline in its method. Uh, in the first chapter of Corinthians and right before you get to 13 where he talks about love at the end of 12, he says, and I'll show you a more excellent way. That's the way that he mentors. What, what, what you got going on is okay, but I'll show you a more excellent way. Amen. And so I thank God for that. You need somebody that can tell you how to be better. Amen. And it's okay. And it, it's done in love. And so I thank God for him. I send you greetings from First Baptist Church of Lambert's Point where everybody is somebody in Jesus Christ is Lord. We are a spirit-filled fellowship leading lost to Christ with a mission of reaching the unreached. And we thank God for our pastor emeritus, uh, my father, the Reverend Anthony uh, C. Page. And uh I am just grateful for the invitation to come back. It's almost, I'm almost, it's almost home now. I'm, a, I'm almost home now. Amen. I can kick my shoes off now. Been here long enough. Go with me to the 23rd Psalm. And it reads, the Lord is my shepherd. You may be seated. Amen. Told you I wasn't going to be long. The Lord is my shepherd. One of the lessons I learned is you don't have to preach the whole Bible in one setting. That the word is good enough. Have a word of prayer with me. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to stand in your privilege and in your presence. It's a privilege to be able to praise you, God. It's a privilege to be able to serve you, Lord. And more important than that is a privilege to hear a word from you. So break down your servant and build me back up. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word. For we understand that the grass withers, the flower doth fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. All these things we give you glory, honor, and praise for. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. For the time that I have, I want to tag this text. Let me tell you what I know. Look at your neighbor, if you would, and turn to them and say, let me tell you what I know. If they didn't like you and they didn't want to speak to you, look at the other neighbor and say, let me tell you what I know. I thank God for my wife who has joined me today and my two younger daughters. Uh, Latanya, if you would, just stand for me, sweetie. Amen. That's my golden time of day. Amen. And there's my, I call them thing one and thing two, Abigail and Mimi. Okay. Uh, but we thank God for them today. Let me tell you what I know. Uh, out of all of the characters uh, that we are introduced to in the Bible, I must admit uh, that the writer of this psalm uh, is one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites because uh, his life is a true adaptation of what it is like to walk with God. 
and for God to walk with you. Uh, I, I don't say this because he was perfect. David was not a perfect man. Uh, I say this because he was uh, always aware of his humanity. Uh, every now and then you, you, you need to just look at yourself and do some introspection. Look on the inside and see what is me and what is God. And he's always aware of his humanity, but we get the privilege to see him work out, uh, work out the struggle of living and the struggle, struggle of following God uh, without a mask of fallacy, uh, without a lie. He, he, he lives his life out in the open that he, 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 he's the type of person that doesn't uh, hold back his feelings even when it comes to God. He is a very vocal person about how he feels. When he's angry, uh, he, he displays his anger. Uh, when he's happy, he rejoices and has a fish fry. Uh, when he was confused, he displayed his confusion. When he was mourning, he wasn't afraid to express his sorrow. Uh, when he was lonely, he expressed the feeling of emptiness. When he was wrong and out of pocket, he would admit it uh, and deal with the consequences uh, and deal with the consequences of his mistake. That reminds us when he says that I uh, uh, that that blot away my iniquities and that, Lord, I need you to create in me a clean heart because there's something going on within me that is not like you. So I admit that there's some stuff that I did wrong when I was peeking out of the window and I looked over and saw something that I liked that you didn't ordain for me, God. I, I, I admit that I was wrong and I, I, I need you to step in in this moment and begin to work on my behalf. There's something on the inside that is just not like you. Uh, uh, we also, uh, and most of all, the one thing that we get to see from him is that when he is frustrated, with God, he confronts the Lord. And you, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a tough one right there because maybe some of us will always talk. You be, be, watch the way you talk to God yeah. and, and, and asking certain questions like why, but the reality is, is I would rather ask God why than to ask somebody that does not have control or know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even, even in, in, in the psalm that precedes this psalm, he cries out to God in frustration saying that, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Sound familiar, doesn't it? Uh, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cried out by day and you don't answer me by night. But I find no rest. That's right, the shepherd boy, the king, the father, the husband by the name of David is the true essence of a person that experiences the ebb and the flow, the rise and the fall, the joy and the disappointments of life. I know there's some folk in here that feel like David every now and then that it seems it, it, you got good days and you got bad days. You got hungry days and you got full days. You got days when you understand that God is moving and doing something in your life and then there's some days you're trying to figure out where in the world is God? Why is it that I've gone through so much trouble, so much pain? You 
you said, Lord, that you never leave me nor forsake me. You said, God, that you would bless me in my coming in and going out. But for some reason, it seems like I don't see you now. Oh, it's, it's quiet in here. It ain't but about seven, eight folk that ever had a day like that. But the reality is, is days like that, that's what it's like to be a believer. It ain't always going to be sunshine. It ain't always going to be a flowery bed of ease. You're not always going to have friends to talk to. Sometimes it's just bone quiet. And the mindset is, is will you still trust him? Mm, David's that type of person. I like David. But I really love David. I, I, I really, what I really love about David is the characteristic that makes him still be considered a man after God's own heart. Uh, you, you see, beloved, after all of the emotional moments, all of the feelings of sorrow and grief, after all of the hatred and all of the frustration and all of the mourning and the wailing and the crying, Every now and then, David would call you over and whisper to your soul like your grandmama used to. You know, right, 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 right when you know you're about to get slapped. D David would call you over and whisper to you like granddaddy used to when you thought you were smelling yourself. And granddaddy had to tell you something just to get you in line so you understand that he hasn't been here two or three days and that he don't chew his carriage twice. Mm -hmm. uh, but David will whisper to you and say let me tell you something what I know let me tell you what I know I, 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 I may have shown you my feelings but now I need to tell you what I know you might have seen me crying but let me tell you what I know you might have seen me hungry but let me tell you what I know you might have seen me broken and, and, and fallen and in a beaten state. But let me tell you what I know. Because the truth of the matter is, is that our emotions and our feelings are temporary. They're temporary. But what we know about God is eternal. I'm going to say that one more time. Somebody going to get encouragement because the reality is, is that in this time frame where mental health is, is, is beating us down, you got to have something that you know. You got to have something that you can stand on. You got to have something that you can rely on. You got to have something that you can depend on. You got to have something that you can count on. You have to have something you can lean on. You got to have something that you can trust in times of trouble. And even though I might have moments where I feel like my friends ain't talking to me on Instagram or they not liking my TikTok video, every now and then you got to go up on Facebook and on, oh, y'all don't use Facebook, Instagram, and go on to Snapchat and say, I know y'all may not be talking to me, but let me tell you what I know about God. See, that's something that we got to learn uh, that, that, that as young people, that in all of the circumstances and situations that you will deal with in life, guess what, baby? As long as you got something that you can stand on that's firm and secure, it doesn't matter what wind may blow, what storm may come, what trial you'll deal with. Every now and then, you got to look the devil in the face and say, I know you calling me all of these things, but let me tell you, oh God, what I know. Let me tell you where I've been. Let me tell.
tell you who I trust. Let me tell you who's blessed me and kept me, woke me up this morning, started me on my way. Look at your neighbor and say, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all at the age now where testimony means something. Y'all at the age now where you have to say so about who your God is. Right now, I don't care if you're five or you're 25. By now, somebody ought to be able to say, let me tell you what I know. <laughs> I got some granddaddy down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That young whippersnapper don't know what he talking about. Let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you about the pool halls I've been in. Let me tell you about the juke joints where the shot house or where, where the shots got ringing out. Let me tell you about the club on the strip. Let me tell you, and God brought me out of all of it. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you, it's a lot of Davids in this room. It's a lot of Davids in this room. And every now and then you got to stop like David and say, hold on, don't get it twisted. I'm human, but I know something. <laughs> I know something about God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because your emotions are temporary. But, but God, what we know about God is eternal. And far more than often, young people, we have succeeded in expressing to the whole world how we feel and express our emotions uh, in every facial expression. Y'all pray for me. I'm one of them facial expression type people. Uh, 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 in, in their facial expressions, on the podcast, you're talking about how you feel. On Facebook and on the Twitter three feeds, you're talking about how you feel. In your Facebook posts, you talk about how you feel. On TikTok clips, you dance how you feel. We show, we speak. We write, we tweet our emotions, but we continue to fail at expressing the soul-washing, mind-regulating, heart-fixing knowledge of who God is in our personal lives. So today, I'm not, I'm, listen, we're almost home. Thank you, Lord. Uh, so, so today, uh, beloved, I, 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 dare, uh, I, I dare you to set the record straight. You have to go to school tomorrow. And you go to school and set the record straight. You go into the university tomorrow. Uh, you go to the university even if your teacher is teaching uh, Darwinism and psychology and philosophy and everything that doesn't believe that our God can save, set free, and deliver. I want you to go there and set the record straight. There's some folk that still got to clock in tomorrow morning and your co-workers going to drive you crazy. They're going to call you everything but a child of God. They're going to put memos on your desk. They're going to send nice, nasty emails. They're going to put a paper trail out on you. But I want you to CC them on this one. I, 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 I'm going to tell you what I know. I'm going to tell you what I know. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you what I know. So my, my challenge to, to you today is let the entire world know what you know about God. David in this psalm really draws on his experience. It'd be one thing if he was a young man who had never experienced the life of a shepherd, but in fact, David was a shepherd himself. And so he is pulling on what he knows from his experience on being out in the pasture. Yeah. Yeah. That in the pasture is a different world from what we talk about when we're in the tent. 
Being out in the pasture is a different type of life where wolves and their bears and their lions, oh my, in the pasture. And then you have the responsibility of looking over things that can't look after themselves. David is pulling on information that he knows about uh, sheep and that he knows about the sheeping industry. And the first thing that I find out that will help us tell the world what we know, uh, you, you, the first thing that you need to do is, is know who you used to be and know who you are now. Okay, now this one's going to be tough, Pastor. Ooh. Uh, this one, know who you used to be and realize who you are now. Uh, what's interesting to me in this psalm is that David never identifies himself as a sheep. He only identifies God as a shepherd. He identifies him personally as his shepherd. Y'all walk with me for a second. Y'all be careful now. He says that the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say that I'm a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd. He said that the Lord is my shepherd. And what's interesting to me is that even though he doesn't identify himself as a sheep, he identifies God as being a controlling ruling factor in his life that has guided him. He says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. That means that the God that I serve will supply, y'all read it, all of my needs according to his riches in glory. He didn't say nothing about him being a sheep, but he said that he leads me in the pathway of righteous. He didn't say he was a good sheep. He said that he would, he would, he, he pour, he anoints my head with oil, even though he has not identified himself as a sheep. In other words, David had no doubt that God was a shepherd. Oh my. That, that he had no doubt that God was a shepherd, but could he could not speak towards the track record of him being a loyal gentle and, and following sheep for y'all to understand this point first thing you got to do like David is you have to understand what David knows about sheep and shepherding watch this sheep are very sensitive creatures they're very sensitive creatures and they are easily led uh, the only uh, they only want to be guided to places and spaces that will keep them safe, secure, and satisfied. Watch this now. Sheep will follow. If you lead them, they will follow. You don't have to have no church meeting. You don't have to go out and ask them, send no offering. You don't have to do anything because sheep only want to be safe, secure, and satisfied. And the reality is, is that God has called all of us to be following sheep no matter what your age is. And his promise is, is that I will make sure that you are safe, you're secure, and I will satisfy you with my presence with my love with my compassion is there anybody that God has satisfied that you have gone through some rough places and spaces in your life but you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread slap your neighbor high five and say my shepherd's good to me oh he's been good to me he been real if he stopped blessing me, he been good. If he stopped 
feeding me. He been good. I don't even know what it's like to not have because God always provided some corn muffin jiffy mix in my cupboard. He always found me some top ramen and some eggs and I made yakami. I always saw a chicken wing or two I could throw in that bad boy because my God will satisfy me, secure me, and make sure that I'm safe. Sheep, watch this, sheep know how to follow. Sheep know how to follow. But there's a difference between sheep and goats. This not just for the for the older people. This for the kids. Bless God. Because every now and then, we are sheep with goat-like tendencies. And some of us straight brolic. We goats themselves. See, the thing about a goat is goats are brolic. They're stubborn. They kick. They think they know better. They haven't been on the earth long enough, but they know where they can go and where they can't go. And the reality is, is that uh, 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 this psalm is not about David. Because if the psalm was about David, the psalm would be written a little different. The Lord is my shepherd, and every now and then I follow him. He makes me lie down, but I keep getting up when mama tells me to go to bed. He anoints my hair with oil, but then I jump in the shower and don't put a shower cap on. Uh, he tells me not to sin, but I sin anyway. He tells me not to touch, but I touch anyway. If the psalm was about David, the story would have been different. But somehow, God... God still shepherds goat-like folk. Oh, wow. Y'all just missed that. See, see, come on, come on back, come on back, come on back. Let's rewind that. Let's rewind that. The grace of God will call you a sheep even though you got goat-like tendencies. The grace of God will call you a sheep even though you brolic and you buck, oh God, the righteousness of Christ calls me righteous even though ain't a bit of righteousness in me. But the fact of the matter is there's something that I know that the Lord, oh God, is still my shepherd. Oh, he's still, look at your neighbor. He's still my shepherd. He still herds me. He still pushes me. He still leads me. He still blesses me, even though I'm a sheep with goat-like tendencies. I'm a sheep with goat-like tendencies. But God, see, see, I got there's more. There's more there. See, in the in the in the pasturing world, you have goat herders. They specialize in goats. Come on, help me, wife. I hear you in the background. Come on now. Let's preach together. That there are there are sheep herders because they specialize in sheep. But God is so good that he works with the goats 
and the sheep. He worked with the liar and the truth teller. He worked with the sinner and the righteous. He worked with the healed and the sick. He worked with the broken and the fixed because the Lord is a good shepherd. He, he, he's flexible. He can do more than what we ask or think. He can do it according to the power that works in us. That means that if I got the power of Jesus working on the inside of me, even though I'm goat-like, I still got the power to call myself a sheep because the Lord is still my shepherd. So we, so, so we have to understand who we are or who we used to be. See, that's the thing. Knowing yourself is the beginning of real change. Said to thine own self be true. Why lie to yourself? What, for what? Who are you helping? You're not helping yourself. And you sure can't help God. He got it by himself. He don't need your help. But, but to really grab hold of a new life, Knowing who I used to be is powerful for knowing who I'm going to be. Because I now have something that I can compare when people ask me about how did you get where you are? Let me tell you what I know. What I know is who I used to be. And I have, I have something to compare that, that, that where I used to go and what I used to do, time and the Lord took them away from me. I'm going to say that one more time. Time and the Lord took him away from him. Oh, that nasty spirit, time took that away from me. Oh, those desires, time took that away. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Time took it away. That all I had to do was keep living and the Lord removed it through the chronology of the world. That time took away desires. Time took away guilt. Time took away shame. Time took away our pursuits of unhappy living. Time took it away. Just know who you used to be. Know who you are now. Second thing I want to say is that, that you have to know that God's capability cannot be contained. God's capability cannot be contained. Uh, I only know God's capability because of the experiences that I've had with God. So I believe that God can do all things, but there's there's, there's ways that he shows me his capacity by how I've experienced it with him. In other words, I've been some places and experienced some situations that I thought was impossible for me to escape or recover from. But what I learned was that there's nothing that is impossible for God. I'm going to roll back. Let's go back one more time. See, 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 that's why your testimony is important when it comes to evangelism. Because some folk won't come to believe unless they have seen an example of an experience where God stepped in the middle of an impossible situation 
and turned it around for your good. I'm going to say that one more time. I, that's why it's important to give God the glory because a hater going to look at you and say, why are you shouting? And all you're going to say, let me tell you what I know. I once was lost and he found me. I once was broke and he provided for me. Here's one y'all know. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very peacefully, stained within, sinking to rise no more. Let me tell you what I know. The master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters, this is an impossible situation, lifted me, now safe am I. Your experience will show you that God's capacity has no boundaries. It has no limitations. It has no situation that folk try and put you in that he can't bring you out of. You can dig your own grave and God will resurrect you from it. You can dig your own sickness and God will heal your body. I just want to know, is there anybody out there that'll testify for about five seconds and say, I know what the Lord can do. I know that he's a shepherd that feeds his sheep. I know that his power is matchless. His wisdom is endless. His truth is is unending that his love is unconditional I know the capacity I know the capacity I know the capacity I'm dealing with infinite oh God I'm dealing with I'm dealing with a mighty power that means that anything that I ask in his name God can do it oh I like that right there I like that one right there look at your neighbor and prophesy to them and let them know whatever you're going through God can do it whatever you need God will supply it whatever problem you got God can handle it whatever trouble you've been through God can heal you whatever sickness you got whether it's cancer, diabetes, or even rigor mortis, God is able. Oh, I'm waiting for the folk that know who he is to go on and get their praise on, to go on and shout unto God and say, I know the capacity. What is the capacity? He can't do, he can do all things but fail. That's the capacity. He can feed the folk in Texas. He can deal with the hurricanes. Listen, oh God, y'all don't want to hear this testimony. We are sitting below sea level and every time a storm comes, ain't nobody's house been knocked down. Oh God, ain't nobody lost nothing. You still here. I know the capacity. God is able. God can do it. God will work it out. I know I'm a should have been saint. I should have been dead. I should have got kicked out my house. I should have been hungry. I should have been lost. But I know the capacity. God's capacity can't be contained. We try and bottle up what God can do. <laughs> That's almost laughable. In several of David's poetry, watch this now. 
and several of David's poetic renderings, uh, he always begins the phrase with, the Lord is. The Lord is. Psalm 16, he says, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup you hold my lot. Psalm 18, he says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. David knows the capacity. Uh, in Psalms 27, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Uh, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? Uh, in Psalms 28, he says, The Lord is my strength in my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My, my heart exalts and my song I give thanks to him. In Psalms 118, he says, the Lord is my strength and my psalm. But then I like this one. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He gives you this litany of things of impossible situations so that you can see that your God, the God that we serve young people, can do nothing, can, can do all things but fail. In other words, when you go into the schoolhouse and they try and tell you that your history ain't worth learning, you learn it anyway because that's the story. That's the story of a God looking out for you. Y'all don't want to shout about that one because some folk got some opinions. But the fact of the matter is, is you don't know my story like I know it. You don't know what we went through through the middle passage. You don't know about the lashes on our back and the disrespect to our women. And in all of that, we're still here. Oh, God, that's it right there. We're still here. The limits are boundless with God because we're still here. My experience shows that you can try and suppress us but we come back stronger because you can't contain the capacity of God and if you can't contain his capacity you definitely can't mess with his people mm-hmm mm-hmm you said you need to know who we are, know who we used to be, understand that you can't contain the capacity of God. Now I'm going to leave y'all with this one. You have to know the depth of your relationship with the shepherd. It's interesting to me how we have the nerve from time to time to try and gauge, guesstimate, and even judge the level of someone's relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. I, I, it bothers me sometimes how we have the nerve to try and measure, guesstimate, and even judge the level of someone's relationship with God. Because as human beings, we have the propensity to look at the outward appearance. We look at positions and title. We even look at where the family came from. We even look at their lifestyle or automatically we assume that we know that they don't know or do know God. And one of the things that my father taught me, uh, bro uh, uh, brother, pastor, doctor, <laughs> one of the things that my father taught me is that to be a student of preachers, 
I'm a student of your preaching. And one day I ran across a story that a preacher told in his sermon. I believe it was the Reverend C.L. Franklin. And he told the story. And one day there was a great oratorial competition. And it was held at Harvard University. And they had invited all of the great voices of the time uh, to perform poetry uh, before uh, the, the, the entire audience of the, of the competition for a prize. Well, when they got down to the two finalists, uh, the first contestant was a young man uh, who had several degrees and had a, a doctoral, a, a doctorate of philosophy. And, and, and he published several books and was uh, expected to win by a mile. Uh, the judge asked the young man to recite the 23rd Psalm. Uh, when he had finished, the audience stood, uh, stood to their feet uh, and gave him a, a roaring round of applause and, and they had chanted his name because he had done such a good job. Then the second finalist came up and he was an old man uh, who had worked as a janitor at the school all of his life. Uh, the judge asked him to recite the same song. And when he had finished, the audience was dead silent. But there was not a dry eye in the entire auditorium. The young man, uh, 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 the, the, the old man was declared the winner and the young man began to get frustrated. And he asked the judge, why did I lose to this old janitor? I've got three books out. I'm a poet. I've got a doctorate in philosophy. And they replied to him, listen now, you recited it with elegance, with professionalism, and with, the, with, with, with somebody who knew the poem well. But the reason why you lost is because the man that was over there with the mob with the broom and the and the mop he won because he recited it from the depths of his heart. He recited it from a place of experience. He recited it like he knew the shepherd, oh God, like he knew the shepherd for himself. And I just want to know, is there somebody in here that can be like the old man and just take a moment and say, let me tell you what I know. I'm not talking about something somebody taught me. I'm not talking about something that I heard. I'm not talking about something that I watched on TV. No, baby, I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. I've been through storm and rain. I've been through liars. I've seen some cheaters. I've been disappointed in myself and in others. But what I know is, is that God has been there the entire time. Come on, let's go home. God has worked it out for me. God has made a way for me. God has opened doors for me. God has provided for me. God bless me. God calls me righteous. God calls me holy. God calls me his child. And I'll shout on you if you let me. 
I'll tell my story of Jesus and his glory. Oh, listen, when you know who God is, you know that there's power in the blood. You know that there's power in the cross. But you know that on three days later, that power, you know it. You got to know it that I might be crucified. I might be whipped and bruised. But I'm coming out of this because what I know about God, he's a resurrecting God. He's a reconciling God. He's a redemption God. So look at me now and then look at what I used to be. I got a testimony about what the Lord has done for me. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Tell the Lord thank you. If you know about his goodness, tell the Lord thank you. If you know about his mercy, tell the Lord thank you. If you know about his power, let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you. There's some let me tell you's in here. Some of us got some backed up let me tell you. Mm-hmm. You ain't told nobody. But you need to get that off you. Because you might be backing up some new testimonies that God is trying to get in you. But you got to get out his praise first. You got to praise him for what you know already. You got to worship him for what he done for you already. You got to magnify him for how he's blessed you already. Let me tell you what I know. Psalm writer said, look at me. I'm a testimony. I didn't make it on my own. I'm not standing here all alone. It was Jesus that gave me this opportunity. Look at me. I'm a testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, you have an opportunity every day of your life to set the record straight about who you are and who your God is. That's what made David a man after God's own heart. Is if you ask him who brought him out, what he, what he knew is that the Lord did it. If you ask him who defeated Goliath, he knew that the Lord did that. If you ask him who hid him when Saul was trying to kill him he knew that the Lord did that when you ask him who placed him on the throne and forgave him when he failed to uphold his righteousness he'll tell you that the Lord did that you don't have to know every word in the Bible word for word you just gotta know what the Lord has done for you I hope that was simple enough. Come on, y'all, stand to your feet.